BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today on Weather Geeks, we dive into the world where extreme weather is most dangerous to the game. Video games continue to push the bounds of depicting accurate atmospheric physics in virtual worlds. But how are these game engines built? How is weather recreated in a virtual world? We'll get the answers from Gabriel Sasson and Jacques Kerner from Avalanche Studios, which recently released Just Cause 4, a game where weather is not only a main character, but a core element of the story and how you play. The experience is amazing, the weather is realistic, and the process to get there is fascinating. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and this is the Weather Geek Podcast. Guys, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having us. Gabriel, I want to start with you. Just tell us a little bit about what you all do at Avalanche, and then after Gabriel gives his answer, Jacques, you can jump in. Um, well, uh, there's, um, you know, to make a video game, there's plenty of people involved uh, in very different areas. Uh, and for example, we are in the New York studio where 100 people around, 105. And uh, I personally uh, specialize as a rendering programmer. And uh, it means that I work on the visuals of the, the game. And uh, we try to use much more um, re- much realistic uh, visuals that we can. And that's why we end up like studying a lot of phenomena that are around that are fascinating, including weather. So. Yeah, no, and, and as, a, as a meteorologist, uh, I, I have had a chance to look at this Just Cause 4 and the, we're going to dive into the meteorology and sort of graphics and programming and coding of this because I think Weather Geeks l- listeners will be fascinated. Uh, how about <laughs> you, Jacques? What, what's your role in, in, in the company? Right, so I'm a physics engineer. Um, I lead a, a little team of uh, me and three three other guys, and uh, we specialize in the physics of the, the video game and vehicles as well. Um, so we anything that has to do with uh, collision or uh, the movement of uh, of things in game, um, especially inanimate objects, uh, is uh, what my team is in charge of. Yeah, and, and Weather Geeks uh, listeners, uh, again, we're going to dive into this. There are very realistic tornadoes and sandstorms, rainstorms, and it's not just background to the game, uh, Just Cause 4, as you'll you'll hear along the next 40 minutes or so. Weather is a central part of this game. And tell us about Just Cause 4. G- give, me, give us a little background on what the game is, what the goal is, and why weather is so important. We'll go yeah, with so um, so yeah. Just Cause Four is uh, is what we call an open world uh, action adventure game, but uh, open world is very important. It's uh, much less linear than other games, and uh, you can go. If you have a, an entire world that's open to you, and you can go wherever you want and explore the space. And uh, yeah, so is this very made, similar to the Minecraft concept in some ways? Uh, 
It's the same in the sense of uh, it looks very different than Minecraft. Oh, absolutely, but it does. It's the same in the sense you you can go wherever you want and take on whatever activity uh, you want in the in the world. Yes. Yeah, but no, it's a, uh, the 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 graphics sort of presentation between Minecraft and Just Cause Four are very different. Let me just emphasize that. <laughs> um, I'm, I have a son that's a gamer, so I'm I'm very familiar with Minecraft, and in fact, I've even dabbled with uh, some research at my university on how to use Minecraft to teach about weather and climate. But I I think Just Cause Four has taken weather in a video game to a different level. Why why was it so important to add weather into the Just Cause franchise. Yeah, so it's um, so we're, we're a realistic uh, video game, and uh, as open world, we try to make the, the world as, uh, as beautiful as possible, but um, it used to be beautiful in, uh, in a scenery sense, and we decided to, uh, to bring it to the next level and bring uh, all the, the dynamics of the, of the real world in that as well and uh weather is the is an aspect of that yeah and, and extreme weather is really such a spectacle of nature that we really wanted to yeah. uh, to push um to push in that direction and also uh, for the spectacle of it but also to push the the limits of our engine uh, to the maximum yeah and it sounds like you wanted to jump in with something else there uh, yeah, because, um, you know, we have our main character, Rico Rodriguez, that is very, very powerful. And uh, we sensed that we wanted to give him a, a new challenge that was not only like other characters, but also like environmental. So it was really important to have uh, something new on the plate. And uh, thanks to, especially for the physics, I have to say, because, uh, you know, uh, Jacques and his team, they made an amazing job. Uh, they pushed to have like something that is much more than just like other characters. So the idea of the extreme matter came out and we took a lot of references around uh, South America and uh, uh, Patagonia. And uh, we tried to, to, you know, uh, conglomerate everything together in a in a in a place with all the extreme weather, but it's it's kind of like uh, the proper rival to Rico, so that's why it was really important to have this. Yeah, I, it's a, it's amazing. Tell how, just how much time and people and resources are involved in making this happen. I mean, it, it's just amazing the level of graphic detail, uh, the physics and fidelity of the, the, the meteorology and weather. I mean, as a, as a meteorologist, I've had a chance to review it and I was, I was stunned by some of the accuracy. So, you know, how much is involved in making it happen? Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, but um, it's uh, a project like this is a project that lasts for like three years uh, and uh, it involves like 100 people. So uh, there's very different departments. We have like uh, art, design, uh, concept art that's created the visuals. So it's a very long process. We start with the vision and then we arrive to uh, define what is really feasible and what is not feasible. So we have to try many times to do the tornado in different ways and then how to have the, the wind in the world and not have the wind in the world. So it's a very long process. The, many people, uh, they don't realize, of course, uh, because you don't know if you don't work in the, in the area, uh, that it's a very long to make a very big process to make a video game. So it's fascinating process and you learn so much all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. But yeah, again, a hundred people for three years working every day to create something from like this. So yeah, now, it's actually, um, 
If you look at uh, the credits of a Pixar movie, it goes on and on and on. And on <laughs> it's right. There's thousands of people that worked on on, a, on this project for for several years, and it's gone in two and a half hours. So, <laughs> we we offer you know at least forty forty hours of gameplay, or if not more. So. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's what I thought. Now, and, and what kind of platforms can you play just for just cause four on? So it's on uh, on PC, uh, on Xbox One, and on PS4. Okay, uh, which are all, um, to, as someone who has an 11-year-old son, I'm familiar with all of those platforms. Let's kind of circle <laughs> back now to the weather. What, what are some of the types of extreme weather that a player has to contend with in the game? Right, so we, uh, we divided the world into four different biomes so that there would be uh, as much diversity uh, in, the, in the scenery as possible. And so for each of those biomes, we tried to, found, we tried to find uh, an associated extreme weather event. Um, so in the grasslands, we had the tornado. In the rainforest biome, we have a tropical, tropical storm with lightning. In the alpine uh, biome, a blizzard, and in the desert, we have a sandstorm. Yeah, no, I saw the sandstorm. I thought in one of the demos that sandstorm, they're fairly impressive. Um, in thinking about these different meteorological or weather extremes in the different biomes, I'm curious, did you consult with a meteorologist? Was there a meteorologist that was a part of that 100-person team that uh, helped you, or did you all just kind of do the research yourself? No, we, we did the research by ourselves. Uh, one of the advantages is that we, uh, we study a lot of things uh, all the time, a lot of uh, papers and stuff like that uh, to improve ourselves and learn new, new techniques. So we found a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, beautiful papers and interesting papers about the meteorology and how, uh, you know, you can model meteorology based on fluid dynamics and, sure. and well, that's similar how topics. That's exactly how we make weather forecasts. That it's a good opportunity yeah, yeah. as a as a uh, with this is weather geeks, and I'll put on my meteorologist hat because you know we often get questions from the public. Well, how do you make a weather forecast? Do you just slide yeah. slide the weather from west to east, or you guess? Or and we're actually solving very complex uh, Navier Stokes and and other equations. Yeah, fluid dynamics equations. equations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so we actually in the weather simulation we have um, uh, Navier Stokes. It's only a 2D, uh, B-dimensional uh, fluid dynamics, but it is actually a fluid dynamics with uh, based on Kessler mi microphysics. That is the first model. Oh, of sure. Yeah. The kids, so that you're representing <laughs> the microphysics. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting there just for those that are listening that they're getting into some real detailed physics that are included <laughs> in the prediction. Well, I, I, prediction I'm not models. an expert at all, but it was fascinating to, I always love meteorology and love clouds. So it was fascinating to listen to read more and understand more about this and try to. Of course, we have we have many different uh, um, how do you say uh, constraints because, for example, we don't have like many machines. You have like very complex machine that can you know very powerful. We have yes. like zero point zero zero one seconds to calculate a frame for wow. the weather. So we need to of course idealize and simplify a lot of things. So it's kind of we start with a, a basic idea of, of how the, the fluid dynamics work and you have a working fluid dynamics with, you know, 
with these equations. But then, you, of course, you need to uh, find some idealization and simplifications. Like, well, for example, there's no temperature involved because it was you know, too much for, for the consoles. Um, well, you're uh, just ex you're explaining exactly what we do in meteorology as well. We, <laughs> we just call it parameterization. We can't yeah. represent every process in the model. So some of those processes get parameterized or simplified. So um, very much because of computing restraints and whatnot. So this is fascinating to me as a meteorologist <laughs> because as, as video game designers, you're having to think about some of the same types of things we do to predict the weather, yeah. but from a different perspective. Yeah. I, I want to kind of shift now, and you, you advertise Just Cause 4 and many of your other titles, for that matter, as sandbox games. Talk to us about what a sandbox game is and how the physics are key to this type of gameplay. Right. So sandbox means um, you can... So not only it's open world, but you you play with whatever you find. So it's also like we're uh, destruction centric. So you're supposed to blow up everything, and uh, it's it's fun to do so. And uh, Rico has a grappling hook, uh, so he can uh, he can manipulate uh, his environment. So not only traverse the space very fast, but uh, I guess like a toddler in the sandbox, <laughs> but he can also um, uh, just manipulate uh, uh, the the objects that are around him and tether them together. And he has uh, balloons now that can lift uh, very heavy heavy objects and tether them together. And yes. he has boosters that can uh, exert a force and uh, make them spin or propulse them uh, in the air and make them fly and attach them together. So there's really no limit to the creativity uh, that the, the player can explore um, and the things that they can do. Actually, we we designed the game purposefully in that sense, uh, and we're we're very excited when it comes out because we're just wondering what are they going to come up with. And it's a lot of a lot of times it's things that we never even imagined or even designed and um, and it's out there and it, it goes viral on YouTube and uh, they have fun with it and that's the, that's the whole point. That's the sandbox. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm talking with Gabriel Sasson and Jacques Kerner, and they are with Avalanche Studios. And we're talking about the Just Cause 4 game. It's a sandbox game where weather is not just a part of the game. It's a central character. Is, is this the first time that weather has played such a role as a main character in a game from your perspective? Yes, I it think, is uh, definitely in the Just Cause Four. Uh, sorry, in the Just Cause franchise, and um, and I don't think there is uh, a like a full scale tornado, for instance, that you can you can interact with and fly around, and that uh, destroys the environment, uh, and you can even guide and control uh, or stop in some ways. Uh, and it's a fully physical simulation that you can interact with. It it's never been done so. 
we're we're very proud. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's it's impressive. And Weather Geeks listeners, make sure you take a chance, uh, take an uh, opportunity to uh, look at this. I mean, I'm, I would caution that there perhaps if you have young kids, I mean, you perhaps need to decide whether. Um, I mean, are, are there are there uh, elements there that you would recommend for certain levels or whatnot, or is the, from your perspective as the designers of the game in terms of the um, material in the game? I think it's a PG-13. PG, it's rated PG-13. So just could yeah. make sure, listeners, that, that you consider that rating when you consider whether to allow your, your child to play the game. I want to come back to both of you personally. I detect slight accents in both of you. So I, I, I'd like for you to tell <laughs> us where you're from. And based on where you're from, have you experienced, what is the most extreme type of weather you've experienced in, in your lifetime, perhaps either growing up or where you've lived? Well, so I'm Gabriel, and um, I'm from a small town near Rome in Italy. Uh, I was lucky enough to almost never had any any extreme weather, especially compared to American weather. Um, probably the the most extreme was some earthquakes when I was back in California, uh, <laughs> or some um, not even tornado, like some small like um, water. The water uh, spouts is what we would like to call. Yes, it. yes, but but on the distance. So I never. I'm very lucky. I never had to cope with anything. Even though in the last years um, in back home we had like a tornado actually. Yeah, uh, no, there've been some tornado. There's some tornadoes, and there's actually an interesting weather phenomena that happens there in the Mediterranean. They're called medicanes. And they're these hurricane-like storms that they look like hurricanes, but they are actually very different in some ways from the tropical systems that we call hurricanes. I actually recently wrote something about medicanes in Forbes. There was one Hmm. earlier in 2018. What about you, Jacques? Yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, I, th- I think the Italians say like, well, our, we like our snow on our mountains and that's, and that's about it. And, and <laughs> in France, I, I grew up in Paris and it's, a, it's, a, it's called Bassin Parisien, it's a, a bassin, so it's a little, uh, it's lower than, than the rest. So really it's, it's very stable in there. It doesn't, uh, uh, the temperature doesn't, doesn't go much, it doesn't vary much uh, or very slowly from day to day. Um, and in so it's not extreme at all. Then I, I moved, before I moved to New York City, I moved to Vancouver. And Vancouver is also, it's also uh, I don't know, if you look at the weather forecast, uh, it's in degrees Celsius there. So you, you'll have like, I don't know, if you look days after there's going to be 12, 12, 12, 12, 11, 11, <laughs> that's 11, right, 10. That's right. You know, it's it's very, and then when I got to uh, New York City and started working for, for, for Avalanche, uh, it's, it's, Really, the the difference between it is extreme to me. It's extreme weather. <laughs> the difference between summer and winter is uh, is astounding. It's much bigger than what I knew. And um, we had uh, Sandy. Oh yes, really, so you, so you uh, lived through we Sandy. We had to shut down the whole studio for for a week or two. Like I think it was uh, it was a week or two. It actually really affected the development of Just Cause Three at the time. Well, in what way? Just, just because you had to shut down, did you have to shut down because there was physical damage, or just because people couldn't get in or uh, to work? Right. So or p- the the power was out in all of uh, Lower Manhattan, and yes. this is where the studio is. Uh, it it was in Soho, and uh, it just the power the power went out for uh, I think it was uh, more than a week. Yes, uh, and uh, so I lived in Brooklyn, and I uh, there was no you couldn't 
go on a subway um, to work. So, uh, and if, if you went to work, you nothing would turn on. Like, so there was a complete power outage for, for days, days and days. So, but this was for Just Cause 3. Yeah, not right. Now we're talking so. weather and video games with Gabriel Sasson and Jacques Kerner of Avalanche Studios. I, I want to circle back because I'm talking about Just Cause 4 and the amazing weather representation within the game. Um, something that makes this happen is what you call the Apex Engine. Give us a brief history of the Apex Engine and why it's so important to this particular game's development. Right, so the Apex Engine is uh, our internal uh, engine that we developed at Avalanche that we've developed uh, over the years. Um, this time we had um, really a full refactor of the of the engine and uh, this um, the extreme weather was part of uh, was part of the features that we added to to the engine to make it possible to um, create this much mayhem and uh, with current uh, consoles uh, generations, and it's it's uh, developed it it's um, it's been in development for for years and years now, but uh, the 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 later the latest version was uh, has undergone significant development to to be able to shoulder the the type of destruction and extreme weather in Just Cause 4. Yeah, and, it's, and speaking of the extreme weather, I mean, you mentioned the sandstorms, tundras, tornadoes, and whatnot. Was there a phenomena that was particularly difficult to recreate, more difficult than perhaps another to recreate within the game of the different types of weather? Yes. So for sure, the Resounding, <laughs> resounding yes, <laughs> there. <laughs> The tornado was the most difficult and involved the the, the most amount uh, of people. So I, I joke sometimes that like not only the tornado sucks everything around it, but it also uh, sucked a lot of developers <laughs> that were not committed to into like a, a more important feature. And uh, yeah, there w it was astounding. Uh, it, it's, it's really a set piece and uh, it deserved to uh, the treatment that it had. And uh, it's really... Uh, but. There was a lot of a lot about it that uh, that stretched uh, the, the limitations of the the, the hardware uh, and uh, development and like figuring out. Um, first, it's huge. It's a kilometer, at least a kilometer <laughs> high. Yeah, uh, we actually made it narrower than a than a real tornado in terms of the the wind field. Sure. The, the, the so. I, it is more extreme in in terms of the the winds generated. I think it's a. Uh, uh, so what is your tornado rated on the EF scale? You know, here we rate the scale based on the enhanced Fujita scale. Did did you Fuji consider what type of rating your tornadoes would have? Yeah. So on the enhanced Fujita scale, it would be uh, EF five plus. Okay. <laughs> Extreme or EF six. Well, there, that would explain yeah, why it's picking up large airplanes that I saw when I watched some of the games. <laughs> Right. It, it's uh, so it, the maximum speed is 320 miles per hour of the wind, and I think the the maximum the maximum speed that's been recorded on Earth is 305 miles per hour in uh, Oklahoma. So, uh, and that that led uh, Hamish to, um, which is one of our senior designers, uh, to to announce that. Just Cause 4 takes the reality and turns it up to 11. And that's, <laughs> that's uh, right. So that's it's a little right. bit, it's, it's, it's 
tighter than a real tornado, but it's more more extreme in, in wind because we wanted to, for, first for the spectacle, and we also wanted to make sure that we would pick up all the objects and it would be powerful enough to... Um, and and I, I want to make sure that I'm, uh, for Weather Geeks listeners to understand, we're, we're talking about gameplay here. And in reality, tornadoes are very serious, dangerous, life-altering storms. So I want to make sure the listeners understand we're certainly not making light of the very tragic uh, uh, occurrences of tornadoes that we often see in society. But within the, the gameplay, um, the, the, from a scientific and game designer standpoint, the, there's a fascination within this game and how these tornadoes are developed. So make sure we, we, we understand that and caveat that as you're listening to this podcast. Absolutely. This is fiction entertainment. It's uh, and doesn't make light of, uh, of, uh, of real events, but they're, if you look at them and you're not impacted by them, there are beautiful uh, things that happen in phenomena happens. Yeah, we, we yeah, the, things happen in, in nature, ab- in our yeah, world, sure, in our universe. A- absolutely, and you know, we certainly have. We've done shows here on, on Weather Geeks podcast because there there are people that will chase tornadoes here and get closer looks to understand the science <laughs> and just the curiosity of them there. So, um, I, I want to now talk about sort of something that you alluded to in, in one of your answers. I can't remember which one of you said this, but. Uh, you were talking about the challenges in recreating some of these uh, meteorological phenomena within the game. What what can you take this to a, another level? Can, can you take the physics of a sandbox game to the next level? What, I mean, what what's out there that's next that if you had unlimited resources or computing capability, what I mean, how could you take this to the next level in Just Cause 5? Yes, it's well, the the. Um, there's always limitations, and we, uh, I think we very gracefully go around them and uh, make sure that we design our world in, uh, in ways that are going to be, uh, is going to look like everything that could possibly happen happens, but of course it's, uh, it's never exactly the case. So there's always, we can have more, like, more density of objects, we can, uh, you know, we could uh, destroy uh, buildings or uh, the scenery itself uh, just uh, uh, go to uh, water spouts and and, uh, and th- there's there's lots and lots of things especially in rendering I think uh, yeah. the, the the rendering uh, can go much much uh, further in terms of the amount of particles the, the amount of uh, the effects in the air yeah, right. because right now we have the, the the different biomes that are not exactly connected. So when you enter a biome, you know the the extreme weather of that biome is triggered, and everything, uh, the physics and the rendering is all tuned for that. So probably for a just cause five, something to work towards would be to have a more holistic and interconnected uh, biomes and phenomena because uh, lightning, for example, can happen. We don't have like volcanoes or um, so, for example, lightning can happen with very big fires or volcano phenomena. Um, So there can be um, tornadoes that are in in water too and we don't have that. So there's still we can mix and mm, uh, let all the biomes and all the phenomena be more connected, I, I, I believe. Yeah, I was one of the things when I was watching a demo and I was thinking about the dust storm one of the more dramatic weather phenomena is uh, a word derived from the Arabic language called the Habub, H-A-B-O-O-B. Yeah. And uh, perhaps you're familiar with those, but um, yes. they're very dramatic as they're coming across the southwestern U.S. into places like Phoenix, Arizona. And I, I wondered that if in your, I, again, I didn't see the entire demo, uh, but I wondered if you actually had the capacity or capability to create that 
sort of large, it's really a density current sort of moving along there as a density current, this uh, phenomena. Um, or if you just right now have a, a, a sort of a massive dust storm, dust blowing everywhere type pr- presentation. Yeah, so we we um, we know of the the Habub and because it was one of the most extreme uh, uh, sandstorm, and we have this desert biome. We uh, we definitely wanted to include something like that. We do have a sandstorm. It's uh, it's huge. Actually, the the wind field in it that uh, that we use was fairly simple. It's a linear wind, but it was a is stronger than a than a real one. It's about eighty five miles per hour yes. uh, in our game uh, versus like I think the the they're around sixty five mi- miles per hour in in reality. Um, yes, but we have also some uh, from a visual perspective. Uh, we have some uh, one of our um, artists, uh, Fred Hooper, that was in the military and it was in uh, in some desert. So he had some first hand experiences of how the visibility was and what happened inside. And luckily, again, I have, I have no experience about that. But so we can use some personal experiences also to try to give you the feeling uh, about it, and that that helped a lot in to try to recreate the the effect in a realistic way. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard, and I'm speaking with uh, senior rendering and engine programmer Gabriel Sassone and senior software engineer Jacques Kerner. Uh, they're with Avalanche Studios, and we are talking about weather and video games. Very fascinating, uh, you know, just to look at sort of the visual presentation within this particular video game and the meteorology involved. That's, is, that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm really interested in. But I want to talk about the gameplay right now. Tell us what a typical evening is like in Just Cause 4. If you're someone's jumping on to play the game, just give us a sense of the storyline or what, what's going on. Right. So um, uh, the main character of Just Cause 4 is uh, Rico Rodriguez. He's a, he's a super agent, uh, part of a secret branch of the CIA called the Agency. And uh, in Just Cause 4, he's, uh, he's investigating the, the death of uh, his father, and uh, he learns somehow that um, he, his father was involved in uh, secret weather manipulation research. And that brings him to, in the, the fictional South American country of Solis, and that brings him to this, uh, to this island, and um, he investigates uh, this. And he, he's, um, uh, in, he's involved in, um, like, the... the the agency uh, is in charge of overthrowing, overthrowing evil dictatorships, and uh, this island is ruled by um, by a dictatorship. So uh, it's a perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes on uh, the the Black Hand, which is a private army that's uh, that's trained by the the Espinosas that are ruling the the island, uh, and they are they're sort of like if it was if it was ancient Greece, it would be the, the equivalent of Sparta. They yes. are, they're <laughs> yes, specialized in, uh, in in training and uh, selling military equipment uh, that they uh, advertise as an instrument of peace. But uh, so he takes the black hand on and uh, enlists uh, the population and, uh, and rebels uh, to fight against them. And he's going to find out that the uh, extreme weather event that are 
plaguing the the island are uh, in fact not completely natural. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, the take on this is that um, we wanted to make sure that you can both um, uh, follow the storyline, so you can play and uh, you know, explore every different biome and um, try to understand how they are created and how to disable them, so the weather will be more uh, standard, normal weather instead of these extreme on a uh, small area like this. So you can either follow the storyline or as being an open world uh, sandbox game, you can roam around and enjoy and interact also with this uh, with this kind of uh, um, uh, extreme weathers and biomes that are very different from both visually and physically. So you can, uh, from a physical perspective, so you can also explore that and, uh, and make many times your own gameplay by trying to go in some areas that are like restricted and you can try to use some of your uh, weapons and um, and mechanics, game mechanics to really uh, uh, explore more. It's, it's a lot about exploration. We also have an amazing audio department. So in a night you can choose if you want to follow the storyline or you can explore areas that you would normally not do and you need to use your, your brain and uh, to really find how out how to go around so what 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 separates just cause four from the its predecessors in the franchise i would say extreme weather okay Uh, it's really a game changer um it's something that uh it touched every aspect of the game since the beginning uh we developed the technology around that uh everyone did an amazing job in um, in try to um to give the best experience about that but it really changes because and Rico is really one of the main um, point in, uh, in the most important uh, aspect of Just Cause is traversal. And in traversal, we use the wind. And in Just Cause 4, uh, you have like wind that can be uh, tied to the biomes and to the environment and to the extreme weather itself. So you need to think in a different way. So Just Cause 3 was more about having like cities and liberating cities. In Just Cause 4, it's more about you need to use your environment at your own advantage and and liberate the uh, the, the, the the island of Solis. Uh, yeah, yeah, and. Um we also introduced uh, boosters that uh, allow you to push or levitate objects and uh, or make them fly. I mean, and uh, also balloons that uh, you can uh, they, they they can lift them in a more controlled uh, manner. In addition to the grappling hook, so just cause in just cause uh, Rico Rodriguez can traverse the space with uh, uh, with uh, by grappling onto something and tethering uh, to it very quickly. He can also, he has a parachute and he has a wingsuit and all of those are, um, were really useful before, but now he can use the weather current, like the, sorry, the wind current uh, to traverse the space. So for instance, we, we, we used, um, we also introduced rivers. Uh, so we have river, he, he's going, he can take a boat and be pushed along the river and uh, to be able to traverse the space back, we created wind tunnels uh, above the, the canyon that uh, the river has been digging to, to go back to, uh, to the, the mountain. So we've, we've used um, wind to really uh, improve how much you can, uh, how f- 
how well you can traverse and explore the space. Yeah, well. no, and I, I saw the the very interesting sort of uses of wind, representation of wind flow and dynamics as I'm, you know, as, as a main character. He, he gets around a lot uh, with this sort of wingsuit, or, or I'm not exactly sure what you call it, but uh, clearly there's a wingsuit. role for wingsuit. Is that, that the correct terminology? Okay. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um, what about, I mean, you as, as designers and, or engineers on the project, is there something about the physics that each of you have as, that's just kind of a favorite for you? I I think I I worked a lot on the tornado. Well, actually, I can I can say like the the first problem uh, that we uh, that we had to solve was that uh, all, as soon as we said okay, we were going to introduce wind, we had to make sure that all the objects, actually all the objects in the world, need to be able to respond to the wind in some sort of realistic fashion. So. And uh, that was that was a little problem that uh, that I'm I'm glad we solved, and we solved <laughs> in a way that uh, we didn't we didn't need to have an army of uh, of content artists to do much. We used the the physical shape of each object to uh, so when we when we build the game, we we put any single of these objects in a in a virtual wind tunnel, and we subject them to a wind going in different directions and we calculated with a very simplified uh, model uh, the forces and the torques that are applied on these objects and uh, we uh, we compute this and we we store this into a little aerodynamic characteristic m map for for each of these objects and this this was done uh, so we solved the problem nobody had to do any additional work in term in terms of the, the the content creation because we already had the, the physical shape, and then voila! All of a sudden, we we had all objects in the world could uh, were able to respond to wind in a somewhat realistic fashion, taking not only their size but also their shape into account. And uh, and then all we had all we had to do after that was to introduce uh, uh, wind volumes with. Uh, different distributions. So we have a different distribution of wind for each of our extreme weather events within a certain volume. And all the objects that uh, are in those volumes just react in a somewhat realistic uh, manner. And, and I, I think that uh, that's my favorite, personally, because uh, we solved it in, a, in an elegant way where n we didn't have to do much more work. Everything, we used the content that we already had. Yes, what about, what about you? Uh, personally, um, it's, it's a good question because I loved both uh, working on the tornado was really fascinating from a visual perspective, uh, especially because there was no reference at all in <laughs> around. But also, uh, I loved the the very simplified weather simulation too um, uh, because it really need needed me to study a lot about weather simulation and really appreciate the work because I, I love weather. I always loved clouds since I was a kid and always uh, being uh, into weather. Um, and um, I always wonder how the computer could actually uh, make this very uh, precise simulation right now. And so even though I don't have all my head around that, I still could have a glimpse of what is the amazing job of meteorologists and uh, and how also they, they improve life because many times you can, especially here in New York, you have a snowstorm and you know even just a day before and you can prep. The, um, 
but I cannot really tell you the favorite. The lightning too was really fascinating mm -hmm. topic, especially because we had an interesting problem that uh, we I studied how the lightning works and uh, the physics of lightning, how it's formed. And then when we realized that and we have a proper uh, rendering of that, uh, we were finding ourselves like being under a lightning and it was like, how does a lightning look from beyond but there's no footage because normally just below, yeah. <laughs> they're so fast <laughs> so we're like uh, probably looks like this because it's um there's no real like video footage of lightning strikes and you're very close and you're not you know uh, and did you did you add the the streamers also that that's yeah sort of, that's right uh, yeah we had add also the anticipation this, yes that was there was amish uh, um, suggestion also like to add the streamers back you know the uh, because the lightning comes from a different in, in uh, potential, um, so like uh, a capacitor, and so there's still like the the, the earth is um, uh, as the positive charge and tends to um, try to connect to the negative. So there's this both the um, the streamer are like li small lightning coming from the the ground and the object towards the the sky, and then the the, the lightning strikes and we'll know what happens. Yeah, it I was fascinating. Yeah. I, I just want to say that I mean I, I feel like as the former president of the American Meteorological Society, I need to give you guys some honorary meteorology degrees or something if I could, <laughs> because I think that you all have thought carefully about the complex physics, thermodynamics, microphysics, dynamics that we think about as meteorologists. But I want to shift gears here because we're <laughs> running short on time. It's been a fascinating discussion with Gabriel yeah. Sasson and Jacques Kerner. Um, there is a real sort of movement towards real-time rendering and the Weather Channel is doing something called immersive mixed reality uh, in oh, presenting the weather. Do you yeah. all feel that the types of things that you're doing in this these video games have a role in weather presentation and weather modeling, the types of things that the Weather Channel is really pioneering? I think yes. I mean, we, we it, it could it could up, um, help in improving or, or uh, trying to find new solutions to, to the same problem. So, uh, because many times um, one of the best thing to solve a problem is to think in a different way. So, if you think from a video game's perspective, of course you need to we try, you know, we put our passion and our energies and to try to recreate something that is believable because realistic needs like, I don't know how many computers for how many years. So, <laughs> but I, I definitely think that um, the more we know about these phenomena in different fields, the more we can find some uh, equivalencies of some um, parallels and say, hey, you know, we can, for example, uh, solving the um, navier stroke equations is something that we do in rendering quite a lot of times. And, and in, uh, in the river simulation, in the weather simulation itself, they, are, they all solve that. So maybe we can find new ways of using the hardware because you will use the, the GPU, so it's the, the part that um, uh, handles in a computer that handles the, the visuals. And we can use that, uh, that is m much better on um, having doing mathematical calculation than the CPU. And so, for example, we use that. And in my case, I so saw like um, 15 times faster calculation compared to using the CPU. So that's that's definitely some exchange of information that we can do and and probably um, improve the, the, the simulation. Yeah, well, what, it, go ahead. It, def it definitely has its, its, uh, its role because we are forced to be real time. And uh, so we're going to cut corners to to make it real time but uh so it's not, it's not going to be as realistic but we're going to 
to get something. And that's something, uh, the tornado, the sandstorm, uh, that affects all these objects and, uh, in, in, in realistic settings, uh, you can probably extract information from that, from the experience. And uh, that's something that we, we're really forced to do. And that I think they can add. Uh, yeah, well, and I wonder about this because, you know, when the Weather Channel or a local TV station is trying to show a tornado on a, a two-dimensional screen, TV screen or computer screen, by looking at a radar signature that may indicate a tornado is on, on the ground, if you will, and that's redundant because that's what tornado is defined as, a storm a funnel on the ground. But would a future TV presentation on a Weather Channel, I mean, I guess similar to what they're doing with the immersed mixed reality, Include yeah. rather than a debris ball or a flat two-dimensional signature, a three-dimensional tornado like you're showing in the game. Do you see a future <laughs> yes. for that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. I, I was just thinking when you were talking about the, the um, when it, they were showing about the uh, heavy uh, rainfall and, and they were showing like some mixed reality with like uh, um, to show you how tall would be the, the water. And then yes. you really realize, oh, maybe I should leave, you know, after like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, like in Florida and whatever, all this uh, this kind of like uh, uh, weather um, uh, situations in which, you know, you don't realize how big something is and then you can really make up your mind. So having a, a tornado visualized, it could really be uh, helpful to know even just the trajectory and trying to understand like we're taking the buildings in 3D, maybe from Google Maps and you can try to understand, you know, prepare the people and the persons on, a, you know, on where the path will be. So it could be really beneficial, I think. Gentlemen, that is where we're going to have to end it. Gabriel and Jacques, thank you both for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.